Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the JT and Big O podcast. We are your hosts, video geek JT McGuire and Ryan Big O'Regan. <sighs> I'm really we- getting too used to that. You're getting used to it. I am. I am. You're not even complaining about it anymore. No, I'm like, not. I mean, go, go for it. At this fo- at this point, it's the most amount of fanfare I get, considering I don't get to work. So <laughs> I'm taking it where I can. It, it's sad that I'm better at doing yours than mine because I flubbed mine at right there. I'm not going to redub it either. It's staying in there. But how like, do you flub your own name? Because uh, over the years, I. I explain this in another episode i've had so many different nicknames from video geek jt to jt cool and stuff like that so when i'm starting to intro myself i start saying jt i'm like wait there's a video geek in there and i totally forgot to add it why why don't you go ahead and like start with the video geek then you know introduce yourself i am video geek jt mcguire well yeah that's what i should have done but i wasn't thinking I'm just saying from here on out, you know, it's like if you've got your tag name, you got to put your tag name along with the name, just like you do with mine. This way it flows. Yeah, it's going to be something I have to practice. That's something that I think you've also mentioned to me. You actually practice and prep for this show. I'm, I literally rolled out of bed at uh, 10 minutes before turning on my computer. I, I'm You're that much of a natural, JT. <laughs> yes, you know? apparently so. You can just roll out of bed and talk about anything. You're good. (laughs) Me, I have to prep. I I don't know things. You know more than me. (laughs) Every every episode of this day, like, so we're talking about Marvel. and like, what? What's going on with Marvel? Is Captain America (laughs) still going? Yes, I I do try to be the, uh, I I don't want to necessarily say the producer. But you are you're the show's producer, pretty much. Ah, fine, fine. I, fine. I'm I'll, the technician. You're the producer. I'll take the technical credit, even though I pump no money into the damn thing. I'm not an executive producer, just a standard. You're the line producer. You're the one who makes yes. the show run. We know what we're talking about because of you. Yes, I am the Greg T, the round-headed frat boy of this, and you're just <laughs> Elvis Duran. You're you're the the front man. You're the piece of meat. <laughs> just a piece of meat. Yes. Uh, Enjoy okay. it while you have it. i have peaked probably have all right so on this week's episode we are talking about a few different things we're going to get away with from wrestling a little bit this week we do have some topics that i kind of approached ryan about but we're probably we might be saving those for next week's episode this week's episode we're gonna focus on some other things we're going to talk a little bit about marvel we're going to talk a little bit about scooby-doo and we're gonna bring back some topics with anime and i am kind of promoting one of an old convention i used to work for anime next which i will not be talking about in this episode except for what i just did right there yeah so instead of wrestling being cinematic we're actually going to talk about some actual cinematic things yes and i guess if we're going to talk about cinematics we should start with the marvel cinematic universe Ooh, segues love them yes so so for Actually, I, I don't know why I'm doing the segue. You're the one who probably knows a little more about this than I do. I actually, uh, so we're talking about Venom and Venom. the fact that. I don't know the words to that song. I actually still have not seen the first one. And really? Before, you seen yeah. The Tom Hardy one? No, I haven't. And, but the problem with me is uh, 
uh, comic book movies have improved so much that when one comes out with moderate reviews, I'm instantly like, eh, I can hold off on that. And I usually hold off <laughs> for a very long time. I didn't realize they were going to come out with a sequel as fast as they did. Well, because it did well, regardless of whether or not you try to put it in the same hole as the MCU, Venom is its own kooky, self-aware entity. You know, it's kind of like that borderline between being serious enough with its content, but being Deadpool enough to know that it's kind of weird. I guess that's the other turnoff to me, too, is because it it's not really part of Spider-Man and Venom, it, it, he... His uh, entire backstory is so integrated with Spider-Man's that a oh, Spider-Man less Venom is kind of weird. There, there, that, that, that's something to lead up to. And you, here's, here's the beauty of what they're actually doing with Venom. They're kind of doing the slow burn. They know that this is a character that is heavily connected to another character that they do own as Sony, but is obviously more prominent in the MCU. So do you go ahead and you just bust all your guns on the first movie and try to connect it all together? No, 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 no. You go ahead and you give that slow burn. You work it up movie to movie, little tease to little tease. And that is probably more evident now with what they've arranged with this new Venom sequel. Now, of course, we all know that Venom has been named Venom Let There Be Carnage, which is an interesting turn. Obviously, it's not borrowing from any of the major comic storylines that we know, like Maximum Carnage, Absolute Carnage, Venom versus Carnage. It's becoming its own entity, which I like. I like that they're not necessarily having to lean on to anything in particular. It's not like the first Venom was called Venom Lethal Protector, even though it borrowed <laughs> heavily from that storyline. And we know that its date has been pushed back from this past, from this coming October to now next June which would have put it about three weeks from its debut to Spider-Man 3. Now, that would have been very chaotic, but we also do know that early, later on this week, they at Disney have moved Spider-Man 3 to November 5th. So that's hmm. putting now a good buffer between the two movies. Now, if hmm. there wasn't going to be any connectivity between these two, I would say leave them as they were. If they're not supposed to be connected, Venom can do their thing, Spider-Man will do their thing, and it'll be all nice. So why do the move? Well, my theory on that, uh, if their movies aren't connected whatsoever, is remember, not yet. So Sony is not quite Marvel. They don't have so many movies that they can only separate them by a, a few weeks apart. Sony has like this franchise. So like, well, we don't want to put up one major franchise we're trying to build against our other franchise that which we still get money off of. They probably want spacings for one to gather enough money and then the other one to start once November comes up. I could see that too, at least from a business standpoint. It's a possibility that they're simply doing it from a financial standpoint where you don't have one necessarily leeching off the fans of the other, much like a symbiote. But <laughs> There has been enough teasing going on that while there obviously hasn't been a major connection between Venom and Spider-Man as of late, although you could easily look at the Venom movie and maybe cherry pick a couple of items that are like, oh, well, that's from the Spider-Man universe. The fact that we've already had the teaser and trailer for Morbius 
and that in itself has had a tease for Spider-Man, leads me to believe that there is going to be some sort of slow pacing into bringing a Spider-Man into that world. Whether or not it will be the Spider-Man of Tom Holland, I don't know. They could easily go ahead and swerve us and give us Andrew Garfield or uh, bring back Tobey Maguire as like an older, retired Spider-Man. Who knows? Which would also be interesting, though. Even though I haven't seen uh, Venom yet, I would figure it'd be more the Andrew Garfield universe than the uh, Tobey Maguire one. But It could be. Uh, I'd say out of all three of them, obviously, the Tobey Maguire one is the least possible since they've already used a venom obviously in that one and yes. oh that's garfield, right that's right andrew garfield i would like to see him return because he was a pretty damn good spider-man whereas toby Maguire was a damn good peter parker and tom holland is somehow like an amalgamation of the two yes tom, tom um, holland i think got the the most right so far so far, yes. I mean, especially if you're going for, like, the young, still-in-high-school nerdy, because definitely Andrew Garfield did not belong in high school. <laughs> he was, like, four years out of his graduate degree, all right? <laughs> Let's well, be fair. But wasn't Tobey Maguire, like, in his 30s in that first film he did? <laughs> he was he was a young man himself there. Yes, but he was frail enough looking. He, he looked like he could be, like, held back from just, like, being a little <laughs> off. Okay. Um, you know, Aunt May didn't know how to raise him right. <laughs> it's like a growing boy needs. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, let, let's t- keep all the Aunt May humor to uh, young Aunt May. You know. Oh yeah, that, the one thing that changes in all those movies, uh, Aunt May just gets younger and younger and younger. <laughs> uh. It's it's like a bad Matthew McConaughey Days and Confused joke there. It's like I, I'm not trying to think of like that. But I again, I've never seen these movies, and going back to the like what the thing like again, it it hasn't really had that Spider-Man connection before. Uh, what I was trying to get at is even the creation of Venom involves Spider-Man. So the fact that Spider-Man wasn't involved in its creation means that Venom is really a totally separate being from Spider-Man. I'm. Again, didn't see the movie, but I'm assuming he didn't use the webs. He didn't use... He did use the webs. No, he didn't use the webs, but it did lay the basis for the Venom that we currently have in the comics. See, the thing is, there's also a theory going around that Carnage will not be the only villain in this movie. Now, we already know that there's also going to be a a female counterpart to Carnage, uh, Shriek, uh, which is oh, a, yeah, a female right. villain in yes. that uh, Spider-Man universe. But the, since we've already had the groundwork of the symbiotes arriving to Earth on their own and being their own separate thing, their own uh, aggressive force to want to take over the planet, it has laid the groundwork for the Lord of the Abyss himself, No, which is essentially the king of the symbiotes. Uh, I, I don't deep... I've never done that much of a deep dive on the world of Venom, so I don't know. I know the three villains you mentioned. I know Screech. I know uh, Carnage because they were all in the animated series back in the Screech. 90s. <laughs> what, what, what's yeah, her Dust, name? Dustin Diamond is going to be a villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dustin Diamond is work, a villain. That's it. another story. <laughs> no, what's the uh, character's Shriek. name? Shriek. Shriek. Got it. Shriek. Yeah, she was I would, in the... I would love if it was Screech and just get like, you know, a symbiote <laughs> with like a bad fro. Yeah. <laughs> 
But, you know, uh, I was just thinking about this. If he doesn't have the Spider-Man powers, then essentially his powers are just like the uh, the morphing. And isn't that point, is he just pretty much spawned without the religious background? Because technically that's what Venom was. Venom, was crea- Venom and uh, Spawn were created by the same people. Pretty much it looks like uh, Tom McFarlane just transferred Venom's powers to Spawn and then added a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, religious background stuff and i know there's a word for that and i can't think of it because i suck at uh english anyway allegory yeah that that'll do okay (laughs) that one see here's the thing with the inception of null which is actually spelled k-n-u-l-l because you know how on this show we love the wrong spellings of things Uh especially when it comes to like you know me real or deal but it looks like this inception of this character, since it's only been a new character that was made back in like 2018, it pretty much fills in the gaps of the Venom lineage and the symbiote lineage in general that you don't need Spider-Man specifically. Like you could go ahead and find a way of getting that uh, emblem on Venom where it's like the, the white spider. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's like a red dragon emblem that's similar to that that is on Null. And that's because he commands a giant symbiote dragon. So you could easily go ahead and take that and have that somehow embedded on the Venom in some way or fashion because it all stems from him. Everything stems from Null. The symbiotes, Riot from the first movie, which was already a symbiote versus symbiote. So I don't think we're going to go symbiote versus symbiote in the second movie. It would be too boring. It would be part like just the same thing redone again, but to bring in like a goddamn uh, symbiote god with a giant dragon and a sword that can cut through anything, that would be different. A little bit, <laughs> just just a little. I, I guess you can. I guess there is more venom lore than I thought. I, I the most I learned in the last few years was anti venom, which I figured would be a long way off, and. It, but. Well, that's the thing. Like, anti-Venom, you only get because the one Venom thing, like, leaves him, and then it comes back to go. And then there's also the use of, like, Agent Venom in order to get anti-Venom, which for that, you would need Flash Thompson. And oh, you I didn't need think, Spider-Man. Uh, Why do you need Flash Thompson? Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, to- I don't know. He, he could put. There is a Flash Thompson, at least in the uh, Homecoming universe. Yes, but I don't think, uh, what was it, uh, his name? Uh, Tony Dobolani? I don't see him being like the superhero type. It's bad enough that he got like, they've worked Tom Holland up in the next few years. Yeah. (laughs) Come back super jacked. I I would would have taken Dev Patel over Tony Dobolani, but you know, obviously (laughs) they utilized uh, uh, Riz Ahmed instead, but there is a lot of good implications for them to go ahead and be like, okay, we're slowly getting into the MCU because right now, the MCU is just a bunch of scattered stories with no connectivity. We're not going to see if there's any connectivity possible until Black Widow. And as of right now, we're not seeing that until this November. So there is the time, there is the way they have the process to go ahead and work their way in. And until they go ahead and finalize what they're doing with Phase 4, until they finalize what they're doing with the Fantastic Four or the X-Men, you have something to work with. I think... One thing that uh, that I think will hurt a little bit, and again, I don't know. I'm. It's not like I work at Marvel. I don't know what they're thinking over there. But you could, if you wanted to, I'm sure. Either way, I 
Uh, by the way, I, I actually found out that Kevin actually lives uh, only a few towns away and one town over from you. So, who <laughs> oh, Kevin Smith? Uh, no, Kevin Feig. Or, oh, Fe- Feige. Feige. That's it. Feige. Feige. Fo- Feige. Feige. Fog. Fum. Well, my chance of ever working at Marvel just went down the drains. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what? I'm the one that said the name. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who screwed it up. <laughs> But uh, they're moving back uh, Doctor Strange to, I believe, 2022 now. So that's... Uh, a, yes, a, that's a, taking a, the from, March date because so Spider-Man be, is kicking Doctor Strange out of that date. Right, so that's going to be two years back now. And that was the movie I figured would combine all the universes because you know Marvel's got to kind of figure out what they're doing with the X-Men. So if they want to bring any of the X-Men from Fox's universe in... They would need to do some sort of multiverse thing. They got to do something with Deadpool because they are going to do another Deadpool movie. So do you keep Deadpool in his own separate universe or do you bring him into the MCU? They got to figure that out. I figured uh, Doctor Strange and what was it? The multiverse, multiverse? Multiverse of Madness. Yes. I figured that was going to be the thing that like it'll open up dimensions and allow people to pass through and kind of get all these old characters in. But that, 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 there, there, there is the final linchpin in all of this. Marvel having the setup that they do with their timelines and how one movie really like connects to the next. Mm-hmm. Why would they go ahead and move something and switch dates around rather than what they initially did and just push everything back still in that same linear storyline and timeline that they had set with the releases? Maybe it's because they could actually work this Spider-Man multi-universe thing into the multiverse of madness now, given that the extra time has been given to make the proper tapings and rearrangings and editings to make that happen. And that's right. They haven't actually started taping uh, Dr. Strange yet. I'm, I'm saying taping. I should say filming. Uh, well, taping, they, they, filming, recording. They, have they even started writing it yet? I, I heard a rumor that it wasn't even, uh, they hadn't even started writing. I'm thinking right. they probably have started writing some of it. The, the, the biggest news on that was that uh, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 director Sam Raimi was finally attached to direct. Yes, I did. yes, I saw that. So, I mean, all these spider webs are interconnected, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, I, that, that'll be interesting, too. I don't know how I'm going to feel. Like, I like Sam Remy's work, but his work belongs in its own separate place. I don't know how I feel about him doing Doctor Strange. I don't know if I'm going to like it too much. Though I, I do, did hear that Bruce Campbell is now petitioning to, for some sort of role in Doctor Strange along with Sam Remy. Do you want my honest opinion? You know yes. what I'd love to see happen with uh, Bruce Campbell? Yes. I want him to be Uncle Ben. Uh, hear me out. No, actually, out. we have not seen an Uncle Ben in the Tom Holland verse. You know, this is just going to add on to Bruce Campbell because he's already talked about how he's the only person to he's named Spider Man, defeated Spider Man, served Spider Man, and now he's going to raise Spider Man. Why not? I, I could I could honestly see him and Marissa Tomei being a couple. Can can we uh, can we change it so now that? Uh, the instead of you getting Stan Lee, now it's just Bruce Campbell every other movie, and he's the new watcher or something like that. Well, I mean, that would kind of fight uh, Ryan Reynolds, I think, a little bit because I think a lot of people have petitioned for Deadpool to be the new Stan Lee. What, what if we got like an Ash versus Deadpool scene 
and just like had them fight it out for the ownership of Stanleyness. <laughs> that would not. Be, I would like that. Uh, that, just, <laughs> that just gives me views back to uh, when Ash fought off the Marvel zombies a few years back. One of the yeah, comic so books. See, see, in the comics, there is president. He he is in the Marvel universe, kind of, sort of, except for uh, whatever comic he normally stars in, which is totally separate from Marvel. Yes, completely different franchise. Um, I don't know. So yeah, I I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. There there is a small part of me, admittedly, that how do I describe this without? Ah, screw it. I'll go for it. So Endgame feels like it was the orgasm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that we're still currently in the afterglow. We're not ready for the next one. And I feel like it's been so slow. Like the only movie we've gotten since Endgame has been uh, Far From Home. I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I need more stuff to come out to get me excited because right now I'm like, I'm kind of like in a, I don't know how I feel. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of fair for pretty much any uh, of those phases. You know, there's always like that big pop-off movie, and then maybe there's a little bit of afterglow to come from it. Uh, You could see it in phase two. You could certainly see it, um, I'd say, with, uh, yeah, with phase two, because that kind of ended with Mm Ant-Man, even though you had, uh, you know, all these other things predecess it. Uh, especially an Avengers movie. And then obviously phase three started with something like civil war. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. You're going in hard already. Well, even like uh, Thanos was being kind of groomed since uh, Avengers one. So, you know, you've had this, you could argue even before that a little bit, but it was mostly like his first appearance was at the end of the end game or not end game. The original Avengers, the 2012. Yes. Yes. Where no one knew who he was. And I even called him dark side. Cause I couldn't remember. Uh, I knew his DC. You did not. Yeah, I did. I was like, Oh look, it's Marvel uh, dead side or dark side. Oh my God. Why do I work with you? <laughs> oh, I, I knew it wasn't dark side. I just knew he like DC's counterparts, dark side. Oh, if I ever get myself an infinity gauntlet toy, I'm just <laughs> like going to come over and punch you with it. Can I, can I point out that even the creator of Thanos has admitted that he was nothing but a ripoff of dark side. And, yes, he, and, and the editor at, and the editor at Marvel even said like, if you're going to rip off dark side, just go all in. <laughs> And he did that, and I'd yes. say he probably improved on it because Darkseid's almost got no personality. No. Well, that, that's mostly the DC universe. A lot of really great characters, but uh, no actual build to their personalities or their backgrounds, unless you're Batman and his villains. Oof. Re- re- really hurting Warner Brothers there a little bit, I think. <laughs> they hurt themselves. Well, not necessarily. Warner Brothers has been doing some uh, interesting things, I'd say, for their own safety. Interesting, like when uh, you get wished uh, to have an interesting life? Well, I mean, uh, okay, obviously there's been some hiccups lately. I mean, there's the whole Ezra Miller thing. There's the whole, uh, you know, selling Lego to Universal thing that just came out. Really? What? What? Go. What's that one? 
Oh yeah, uh, Universal is using the troll, uh, the the Lego franchise, for like uh, a five year deal. So Lego won't be able to use any Warner Brothers properties in any of their movies. Oh. So no more Lego Batman. Uh, no uh, Lego Wizarding World. Okay, that makes sense. That I can understand that. However, I will love to see a Lego Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> just all those cars racing. All movies are good if it just becomes a Lego movie. Yes. Oh, come on. The way they combine things. You Lego, could, I'd love to see like eyes. a Lego Toronto uh, just like building his own custom like, you know, Challenger or something, just clicking everything together and like clicking together the boost on the back of the car to like send it flying. You know, the end of uh, Fast and the Furious 7 where uh, Vin Diesel's character goes, sometimes the streets uh, gets you and he hits the street and it collapses on top of uh can't think of the actor's name hmm anyway wouldn't that look cool if it was all legos yes because then they could really make it flow and fluid (laughs) uh but i mean that gives us a nice segue to the next topic did you want to go the racing topic or the warner brothers topic uh let's go to the warner brothers topic Okay, well, I mean, one of the good things that Warner Brothers is doing is they have taken a cue from uh, Trolls World Tour and are going to go ahead and probably be the next big theatrical release put onto streaming and video on demand with Scoob. I feel sad about this one. Uh, I, I, I admit, I've always been a little lukewarm on the Scooby-Doo franchise, but I saw the trailers for this and I thought it looked good. And I was like, I'm willing to go to the theaters to see a Scooby-Doo movie. He, he doesn't get good, a lot of good movies that go in the theaters. And now the one that he did, it looks like it's going to be just like every other Scooby-Doo movie. It's just going to be released on home theater and streaming. Well, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying is because we, I mean, we have had Scooby-Doo movies in the theaters, but obviously those were the live-action movies. And, uh, uh, and none of the animated movies ever made it to theaters. No. Uh, and in fact, they've actually been better in the past couple of years. They've done a great amount of follow-up on some of their anime movies. They actually did a sequel their anime to uh, Zombie Island. Uh, they finally finished up the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo with a, a, lot, a full-fledged movie. I still got to watch that. I just remembered. It, it 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 finishes up pretty well. I mean, there's still maybe one or two loose ends that kind of irk me as a fan, but you know, just just seeing um, you know, the the little uh, you know, flim flam uh, boy. <laughs> you know, I, I I love that character back when I was a kid. As long I, as they didn't bring back Scrappy Doo, that's all that matters. Well, I I think the last time I watched Thirteen Ghosts, I was like six years old, so I'll have to remember back thirty years or rewatch the series before I watch the movie, but. Going back to, to the movie Scoob that's uh, coming out. Yeah, huh. I mean, the only gripe I have with it is obviously considering they're doing a full-length animated feature, they're having to rely not so much on the character of Scooby-Doo, but also on the voice cast, which means uh, regular voice actors like Matthew Lillard and Kate Micucci, who have been voicing characters for years now, don't get their piece of the pie on this. The only one that does is Frank Welker, who has been voicing Scooby-Doo for I don't know how long. And he even only is voicing Scoob. He doesn't even get the, the double duty of doing Scoob and Fred Jones 
like he has been for years. And that kind of irks me. Well, I mean, I, I think from your standpoint, you, you are an actor. So I think you, you, you can see kind of the, the problem with that. Yeah, but I also see the positive side, the business side uh, of it, because you need some names to probably push forward uh, adults wanting to watch this movie as well as kids. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it had uh, this clean animation. It, by the way, who who's the th- uh, the studio that's making this? What the animation studio or like because it's a Warner Brothers movie? I know that it is much, a Warner but... Brothers. That's right. We said that. That's why we segued into it. It was a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, because uh, Warner Brothers has owned Hanna Barbera for like decades now. Also makes sense. God, I hate all these uh, these companies that just keep combining with each other. It's uh, it drives me cuts. I well, it it's they. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> just, you can't feel infuriated by the monopolies of business. I, I'm trying to calculate in my head, and, I, and my brain is just frying. It's like I, I'm trying to remember because I remember Hanna Barbera was bought by Turner, and Turner either bought Warner Brothers or Warner Brothers bought them, and then AOL bought them, and now AT and T is trying to buy them. It's yeah, it is a confusing mess. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's AOL Time Warner. So, I mean, those two are in bed it, No, no, no. I think they dropped the AOL a few years ago when they realized no one cares about AOL anymore. I, ooh, I'd have to look at, like, a Warner Brothers logo on a movie that was released and see whether or not it still says uh, an AOL Time Warner company. Uh I won't hold up the episode to look it up, but I'm pretty confident yeah. they had dropped it at one point. I think they're like, yeah, uh, America Online is kind of dead. Uh, no one uses <laughs> it anymore. Maybe we should not reference it whatsoever. Right. But the thing about, but as far as like the voice actors go, uh, I don't, like some of them I like, some of them I don't. Because here's the thing. First of all, you got Will Forte as Shaggy, who was replacing Matthew Lillard. I don't mind Will Forte. Will Forte is actually one of the the better big names that has done a lot of good work in animation. He does a lot of work on Bob's Burgers. Uh, I know that he was just in the the animated movie The Willowbees that premiered this week on uh, Netflix. He's got a good voice. Him I have no problem with. Then you go to Fred Jones, who's being voiced by Zac Efron. Yeah, I couldn't I, tell Zac Efron's voice from any other guy's voice in the world. If not to I was mention, it's abs- a very annoying yes. voice. Yeah, it, it's a very generic voice. I said annoying, uh, not generic. Unless he's singing. Unless Zac Efron's singing, I don't care. <laughs> I, yeah, I, so, I, I guess, and so that's everyone. Everyone is uh, like a big name star voicing it. For the, the most part, fact- yes. Um, you have Gina Rodriguez as Velma. Okay. Uh, you've got Amanda Seyfried as Daphne, who, of course, I'm just a big fan of Amanda Seyfried myself. You know, she's, she's on my list. Okay. I um, don't know who that is, but okay. You don't know who Amanda Seyfried is? No, I don't. Did you ever see Jennifer's Body? Uh, I've seen the trailers for Jennifer's Body. Okay. She's the girl that's not Megan Fox. Got it. Got it. All right. I'll remember that from 15 years ago when that movie came out. Right. So that's like the main people. Now, here's where it gets weird. Okay. Because Scoob, as we've this is seen where it gets weird. Yeah, definitely weird. 
Scoob, as we see in the trailers, is not just a Scooby-Doo origin movie, which, mind you, they didn't even make uh, a pup named Scooby-Doo scenes look like a pup named Scooby-Doo, which a little upsets me. I'm a hardcore person when it comes to that show. But they've also seemed to be expanding into a a Hanna-Barbera-verse, much like an MCU, much like DC Warner had tried to do with uh, Justice League. They're still trying to make another cinematic universe because there are so many Warner Brothers, uh, you know, references in itself. But there's also so many Hanna-Barbera references, which you wouldn't expect because I don't think a lot of people know a lot of these properties. No, because you know? no one's really been using them since like the, the 80s and early 90s. Like, I know. So they're just all being clustered together with possibly the biggest name of the entire franchise. Which I can understand introductions to it, but I mean, they're pretty much the crux of the whole movie. Are are two random bears going to come out of nowhere and go, hey, boo-boo? Don't kid. There might be. I already saw There was bad enough that there was a Mr. Peebles pet store. I'm still thinking there's going to be like a McGilla gorilla sighting. How much for the gorilla in the window? You're not allowed to get a gorilla, Shaggy. Shaggy. I'm, wow, I'm... I swear there's no alcohol in my iced tea right now. But now but now listen to the rest of this cast. You've got uh, Mark Wahlberg as the Blue Falcon. <laughs> Why? Because uh, he can't be a superhero anywhere else but animated. And Netflix. You've got Ken Jong as Dino Mutt, the dog wonder. Who? Ken Jong. Oh, 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 really? Why? I guess to make him sound smarter and because, I mean, let's face it, Dino Mutt was goofy. Yes, he was. I, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, he's the, he's goofy too, but it's just, uh, that's yeah, just... but I think they're playing him straight this time. Like sort of like a serious dog as opposed to Scooby. But it's Scooby-Doo. There's already name recognition. And why are you hiring all these big name actors? Okay. Not, they're not all big, big name actors, but they're, they're, you don't need to really even hire a name actor. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's got a mix of like well-known names and not so much well-known names. You've got uh, Kiersey Clemens as a DD who was one of the uh, teen angels that worked with Captain Caveman, who okay. is being voiced by Tracy Morgan. Actually, you know what? I'm fine with that. I like that. I, th- I think that will be great. <laughs> that one you're fine with. I'm not even sarcastic. I, 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 I'm looking forward to him as Captain Caveman because Tracy, jo- Tracy Morgan is amazing. So I think that will yeah, be Yeah, but great. I don't want Captain Caveman to be like, unga bunga, we're going to get some bitches pregnant. You know, <laughs> I don't want that. You don't think Ter- Tracy Morgan can be a little bit more serious even if he's playing Captain Caveman? And this is probably the most, no, this is the most serious casting of the whole damn movie. Jason Isaacs, possibly one of the greatest uh, cinematic villain actors of all time, playing Dick Dastardly. (laughs) I'm like, how much more do you need? My God. It's to the point where it seems like overblown at this point. Uh, And that's not even counting that if there's going to be a Dick Dastardly, there's probably going to be a Muttley. Yes. (laughs) But you know what? Uh, again, that goes into why this is so sad that this is now being released right onto streaming. Obviously, with all the people, like these people hadn't been cheap to, to get them part of this movie. They, right, no, no, obviously. So this movie probably costs a lot to make, and now they're kind of like, yep. 
streaming. Well, the, here's the difference. Now, obviously, we saw with Trolls World Tour that it had some good success coming out on streaming. It actually was the largest opening for any uh, digital release ever, even if it was just for rentals. The difference that Scoob is doing is that while it is still sticking with the 1999 rental fee that uh, you'd get with any movie that's being released currently, it is also being optioned as something you can buy. So you can actually download and buy the movie for just five bucks more at twenty four ninety nine. Huh. That might uh, be a saving grace right there. Because obviously if you go ahead and rent it for the weekend, that's one thing. If you actually go ahead and you purchase it, brand new movie that you can go ahead and have the kids watch over and over and over and just put them to the side so this way you can have your glass of wine and relax a little. <laughs> just have your glass of wine and relax and scene. watch a movie as Scooby-Doo. Yes, it, well, why not? I mean, you're only listening to Zac Efron. You're not seeing Zac Efron's abs, so what's the point? <laughs> but can you imagine having a wine glass there and you're just twirling it around? Yeah, you, you set the mood, you turn on the TV, and the Scooby, Scooby-Doo! <laughs> yeah, what, what the kids are doing. It's like, Mama, the dog's talking. It's like, that's fine, dear. <sighs> Other things will be talking too once I sit this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Fred Jones sounds real good right about now. <laughs> oh, Fred. <laughs> oh, Duke Dasterly. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if, if this was a possibility, you could have easily gone with like the established actors and probably add a little more familiarity. This just seems like overblown at this point. Not to say I won't watch it, but I'm going in with like, almost uh, a little bit of a cringe to it because I always find that when you go ahead and you overblow the voice cast for an animated film, you're trying to compensate for the film by getting enough names in there that enough people will be interested in seeing it. As if you're saying the movie is crap, but let's put all the star power possible into it. So this way it appeals to somebody. Yeah, and, and that does scare me a little bit. But you know what? I think when this does come out, I'm going to still watch it. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested. And like I said, I'm very lukewarm on the Scooby-Doo franchise. There's, there's things I like, like A Pup Named Scooby-Doo is one of my favorites. I like 13 Ghosts. But a lot of the other parts of the franchise was I, I always found Scooby and Shaggy kind of annoying. The trailers for this actually piqued my interest. When I do want to kind of see where this goes. So I, I'll I'll... I'll shell out the 1995 and I'll see how it goes. But yeah, what you said, kind of true. I'm a little hesitant. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully you're wrong. Hopefully it's good. Well, hopefully it leads to other movies. I mean, if we're going to go ahead and have this kind of an expanded universe, I'm hoping that there's other spinoffs that come from it rather than it's simply just being uh, centered around Scooby-Doo and the gang. You know, I wouldn't mind a Blue Falcon spinoff. I probably wouldn't mind uh, other super... You know who I'd love to see a movie of at this point? Who? Speed Buggy. Why? Because it's a talking car. I like talking cars. Uh, I like Herbie the Love Bug. I like Kit from Knight Rider. And I like Speed Buggy. Of that list, which doesn't belong here... (laughs) I don't know. I, I was never a big... Uh, Technically Herbie, fan. because you, he didn't have a voice. He did not. He did not, in fact. And they tried to remake that. And Well, yeah, it was I, Lindsay Lohan, so what do you want? Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you what your favorite was. I didn't think that was going to 
be the answer, but okay. Yeah, I mean, cars are fun. Car, cars are one of, like, I was never really a big car guy, but it wasn't until I actually got my first own car. Like, it wasn't previously owned. It wasn't hand-me-down. My first car, the uh, 2013 Camaro, Inferno orange colored. Oh I, oh, I love that car. I remember you with that car. I was jealous of that car. <laughs> I know. That was, that was a nice car. And I loved it. Uh, I'm not, not, not going to say Schadenfreude or anything, but it's like, yeah, I had no problem shutting people down. It's like, <laughs> then, then I got fired from the job that was able to afford it. And, um, you know, that didn't help much. So when I had to finally give it back, I wasn't able to afford the next year's model because they changed so much about it. So I ended up having to go with Hyundai's. I, I remember like, yeah, the first time we met up and I don't remember the reason why we were trading off something and you pulled up in your Camaro. I'm like, God, damn that's a nice car and the next time i think i met you i think i, I you you drove up in like a hyundai and i'm like what happened to the camaro <laughs> did you just oh, steal just someone's camaro <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right. but speaking of cars yes that that's how you segue speaking of segways <laughs> um yes. Now, obviously, we wanted to go ahead and touch on a couple of different topics here, and we wanted to go back into the realm of anime. Anime was actually one of our more popular things that uh, we had talked about as of late. Yes, we are speaking you. about. Yes, we are speaking about this topic because we believe in you and the fans listening to us more. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, apparently. There is obviously the new season of uh, anime films and movies that are coming out. Because for those of you who don't know, anime does it by season. They don't, they do like, you know, the winter was started in January and it's now finished up. And now Mm -hmm. we're in spring 2020. And unfortunately, there's been uh, a few that have come out. Not as many as you probably would expect because of the COVID-19 issue. It's actually delayed a lot of things. Even more amazing, almost none of them, almost None of them are guy. It's their time. It looks like they're just like we're waiting for the curve for coronavirus to kind of flan. It looks like the guy curve has finally flanned. But we, wow. we still... So, so much hate on isekais. Damn. I, I don't... It's not that I don't like isekai. I do. It's just there's way too many of them. Every season for I don't know how many seasons now. It's been a years actually has been guy. It's just like that. Like just like in the in theaters, it's uh, superhero movie, superhero movie, superhero movie. Anime, it's been Itzegai, Itzegai, Itzegai. Well, you know what? Some new anime. Just imagine out. somebody that's not familiar with anime just hearing you right now. It's like, what in the world is he saying? All right. For those who don't know what Itzegai is, and I'm probably mispronouncing it at this point, it is pretty much uh, when someone is taken from our world and they're thrown into a fantasy world. Uh, for anyone who watched Dungeons and Dragons on cartoon, uh, Saturday morning cartoons back in the day. Think of that. It's like you're just ripped out of your own world and you're thrown into a new one. Except I guess because so many kids are into RPGs these days, almost every fantasy world was just an RPG. Like (laughs) you learn magic spells, you learn how to call up magic spells and do maximum damage. But this season is a little different. They had some. Uh, they had some different ones, but still good ones. Even uh, YouTube reviewer uh, uh, Gigat, I, I hope the guy I pronounce his name right. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. 
he actually had no real jokes to say about any of the animes this season because a lot of them looked really good. And one of the ones that me and uh, Ryan were watching recently was... Which is rare that we've actually ever gone ahead and saying like, the same anime at the same time. Yes. Uh, I, but again, it, it, it was very appealing. This one actually piqued my interest enough that I finally paid for a Funimation account. I have been avoiding that for years. And I finally like, fine. Funimation, wow. you win. And I gave him money and I watched this show. I watched well, shelling I watched. out money. That that now mind you, if you had a Hulu account, you really didn't have to, but <laughs> wait, wait, what? It was on Hulu? Well, yeah, because Hulu has an agreement with Funimation that they get like a first choice picks in some of the shows that get to premiere on Hulu next day. Now not everything on Funimation premieres next day, but they are able to cherry pick. So yeah. that's how I've been watching. Uh, God. You didn't know that, did you? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> God, damn it. Oh. Oh. oh, damn you, Funimation. Damn you. <laughs> to be fair, there are some things that you'll be able to watch that I can't, you know, really get that uh, gal and dino, uh, you know, feel from uh, the show and what is it that uh glempner the, the thing with the weird mascot look uh, that just thing yeah i did i did want to see that too even though i heard it's kind of creepy if we're thinking about the same anime uh, yeah, funny the enough one that we actually are watching is apare ronman yeah i i wait, wait, wait i did want to mention one more thing about funimation before we jump into this i'm sorry folks uh there there's another one about like uh bunny senpai likes me or something like that and uh they came out with a movie and I, and I got my Funimation account just in time for them to say, we're pulling this down in the next two hours. If you don't watch this in the next two hours, you're going to have to wait six months before you can watch it and you're going to have to pay for it someplace else. Oh, yeah. What was the title of that? Uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of uh, Bunny Girl Senpai. Yes, that one. So, And this wasn't the TV series. This was the follow-up movie. So it's like, well, I'm not going to watch the entire TV show and then watch this movie. So I guess I'm never going to see that movie. Well, wait, is the movie a follow-up to the series or was it just the, you know, combining of all the different episodes? Because some movies do that. I, from what I was told, it was a follow-up to the TV series. Ooh. So then, yeah, you have to watch the series in order to watch the movie, so. Yeah, and the, I, someone made me aware of the TV show, but it didn't really pique my interest. Matter of fact, again, the only reason I'm mentioning this is because I hate when things are taken away from me. Even if I don't really care for it the minute you take it away i suddenly have this interest in it and it's like we're taking this away from you you're never going to be able to see this again all six months i'm like well how fast can i watch all the entire season of anime can i do it in an hour <laughs> i did not god i'd hate to see your dating life <laughs> what dating life anyway <laughs> so all right yeah so anyway uh a pair Raman. Am I pronouncing it correctly? No. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> it's Apare Raman. Apare Raman. That sounds delicious. Ah, <laughs> jeez. Uh, but the reason we wanted to touch on this is because it kind of uh, was a segue from the Warner Brothers stuff and the Hannibal yeah, we were stuff that. because <laughs> if you had to explain this anime in like two words to somebody who's never watched anime before, what two words would you use? Wacky races. Yes. 
this is essentially the anime old school look version of Hanna Barbera's classic Wacky Races, which had Dick Dastardly in it. Yes, <laughs> and it, fact, I think that's the first time we saw Dick Dastardly, right? More so than anything else. Uh possibly. I mean, Hanna Barbera is before my time. I don't know the chronological order of all these villains. I feel like Dick Dastardly was there earlier. Right. But I could be wrong. And it looks like there's probably going to be a couple of different villains here. But, of course, the whole anime itself is about uh, two guys from Japan who end up... Uh, well, one escapes. One gets dragged along for the ride. Yes. Um, there's uh, Apare, who uh, is basically a socially awkward, uh, inventive type who works with a lot of steam engines and mechanics and stuff like that. Things that were pretty much taboo because this happens around late 1800s. By the way, when I first saw the character, I thought he was a woman. I thought that too. I think it's the makeup around the mouth. Yes. And then watching the episode and he speaks, I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. So it probably that, is still but... makeup, but he's just awkward. He's, he's that kind of awkward guy. You know, he's probably like a genius, but he likes to, you know, put his hair in pigtails so hey whatever works i don't know how uh familiar people on this show are with me and vitaly i think i brought up vitaly a few times Mm -hmm. uh uh i'm always gonna mispronounce his name uh how do i pronounce his name (laughs) vitaly apari 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 Apari? Okay. Apari. So the relationship between Apari and uh, Kosame reminds me, of the rela- reminds me of the relationship between me and Vitaly. Right. So Kosame, uh, Kosame Ishiki, who is uh, the one that gets dragged around for the ride, he is just a very uh, stout, honorable, kind of milk and toast, wimpy samurai who was essentially tasked with How, trying to get home. Whereas Apari doesn't want to go home. How is he wimpy? Um, he, he's, okay. a, he's a samurai. He's an instructor. He takes control of uh, things. Yeah, I, but I, he's the kind of person that's like, you know, oh, let's just be at peace. Let's not fight. Let's talk it out. Let's, let's just work this out. You know, he, he's not. He's, he's not, not vicious. Forthright. He's not aggressive. Yeah, he's not vicious though. It seems like he's if not he vicious, it, no, it, it's I mean, it's like if he gets into like, if he gets into a fight, it doesn't seem like he's really going to back down. It just seems like he's honorable and like what was the choices here? He uh, uh, he was going to have to kill Apari, so I think he was trying to avoid that. He didn't want to actually kill the the young man. Right, but instead of defending him, he's just like, uh, I'm just going to go over here. You guys work it out. You know, he, he's the one cop. I have always hated characters like that who are like capable of fighting and yet do everything in their power just to avoid it. Even if it goes to the point where it sullies your good name. Well, I think that's the thing too, with Japan, uh, especially during that period of time, people were all about honor. So he was kind of fighting this thing. Be- if you look at the beginning of the show, he's all about honor and prestige to the point that his sister comes into his dojo. And when she refers to him as brother, he immediately corrects her, says, no, 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 you have to refer to me as like, it wasn't senpai, but it was something around those lines. So he, he's fighting between being honorable and following his leaders and stuff. But at the same time, he 
doesn't want to hurt anyone too. So he, he's, he's in this weird position where he's like, I'm being ordered to kind of kill this person, but I don't want to kill this person. So basically when you're talking about how these two are like you and Vitaly, you would be the Kosame. Yes. I, I saw way too much of myself in this character. And I'm, not say- <laughs> I'm not even saying he's a likable character. I'm just saying I have way too much in common with this character. Yeah, I I'm mean, offended if I had to pick, how I'd much pick, um, Apare, uh, only because you know, obviously he's the kind of person who's going to go ahead and do what he wants to do, regardless of the naysayers. He's not going to conform to traditional norms. <laughs> he's very inquisitive, very open-minded. Maybe he's, to the de- definitely to the point where he's socially awkward and doesn't know how to talk to people. He which, he's a he's definitely a very interesting character, but to the point that I actually kind of find him annoying. <laughs> He irritates me a little bit, actually. And this is where I come in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why we're both watching this show for, you know, <laughs> for different reasons. The coin here. We relate to these characters way too well. Yes, I, w- I will sell your swords if it'll help me get more parts for my car. Don't start, don't think I won't. But make <laughs> sure there's actually food in the car. God damn it. Fine, yes. <laughs> but to uh, clarify the story, so... Yes, you're saying um, Kosame, it was scheduled to go ahead, bring him to jail, go ahead, execute him, doesn't want to do that. He tries to get uh, Apare to run away, which they do. He gets on a steamship boat of his own creation mm-hmm. and gets into the Pacific Ocean with um, Kosame somehow being roped into the thing. And they make it all the way to Los Angeles. By the way, I didn't see that part. If if you if you're watching the video version of this on YouTube, you'll see the monitor over to my side has a screenshot from that episode. Literally, that's where I paused the episode, said that's a cool shot, screen captured it, made it my wallpaper, and I have not finished the show since that. So this is exactly where I left off. In Mind the show. you, there's only like three <laughs> minutes left in the episode. How did you not finish it? I was very tired. <laughs> And then very busy for the next 48 hours after that. Okay, fair, fair, fair. You, you couldn't work in the three minutes. I understand. So then, spoiler alert for here. you, they make it to America. And essentially, the remaining plot of the story, or at least that's what we're going to see for the season, is that there is a cross-country race, the uh, Trans-American Wild Race, in which cars are going to be traveling from L.A., to the other side of the country. Think Cannonball Run, but without Burt Reynolds. But I, I think the more interesting part of this is it's very, very steampunkish because basically this is somewhere in the late 19th century. It's like the turn of the century here. The cars and stuff are not really a normal thing yet. Uh, remember, uh, all the major companies like Ford and General Motors, they didn't even really start until the very beginning of the 20th century. Like we looked up this just before the episode started. Ford started in 1903, and that was, I think, the earliest one. So, Although, and can I talk about this, considering I've watched all three episodes so far, and you haven't finished the first one? Yeah, uh, just warning, spoilers ahead, I guess. <laughs> yeah, spo- spoilers ahead if you haven't seen uh, all three episodes. Which, mind you, there's only going to be three episodes to watch at this point, because the rest of the remaining episodes are obviously pushed back due to the pandemic. So if you want to go ahead and catch up on it, you have the time to watch the three and really get into the groove of things. Uh, but the Trans-American Wild Race is actually sponsored by three automotive companies. All three of them are essentially uh, takes on classic uh, car companies. Uh, you've got uh, Iron, which is basically Ford. You've got BMW, which is basically BMW. 
And then you have GM. Now, I don't know if GM is going to stand for, you know, general mechanics or if it's going to be for something else. But, can't be General Motors. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, obviously they can't do General Motors. Actually, so it's doesn't be something else? Doesn't General Motors have the copyright for uh, GM as well? So that they're kind of risking some stuff there, unless uh, General Motors doesn't own the international lettering for GM. Uh, I can't imagine that it would. But so yeah, so along with these companies going ahead and sponsoring this race, you've got all these weird different types of characters coming in. They're going to race their cars. They're going to win. Some of them are gas fueled. Some of them will be steam fueled. Uh, obviously there's again uh, trains and everything still going on. So this is still in the steam age of things. I, I feel it, this is something to point out because we're, we're saying we're comparing this to wacky racers and uh, very much like wacky racers. None of these are really just normal cars. No, they again, are huge cars. Yeah, so th- this is turn of the century. Some like uh, Ryan was saying, like Big O was saying, uh, this was this is the turn of the century. Some are steam powered, some are electrical, some are blah blah blah. They're all different designs. They all have different weapons on them. There, some are big, some are small. It, it's like it's just a mix One of, of them characters. Looks like a girl. Yes, uh, that is the main character. I think we already pointed that one out. No, no, no. The car looks like a girl. There's oh, the going to be one looks- that's going to be all dressed up in pink with like eyelashes. Okay. It's in the opening uh, theme when you see that cinematic. I think I missed that one. I think I was uh, stuck on the the. Oh, that, that's the first re- thing that made me think Wacky Races. It wasn't even so much the cars. It's the fact that there was one big-ass female-looking pink car, and I immediately think Penelope <laughs> Pit Stop. Oh, man. It, 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 it looks like it's going to be a fun thing, but it looks like right now, at least from episode one, it seems like they're still setting some stuff up. I'm guessing for uh, you've seen all three episodes. So I'm assuming the once episode two comes in, are they going to just jump into it? Or are they still building up to the start of the race? They're still building up to the start. Chances are you're not going to get the actual race until like probably halfway through the series by the looks of it. Cause now and you're that, introducing all these additional characters. You're introducing that, the Chinese female mechanic. You're introducing the, uh, uh, I guess either French or English, possibly, I don't know, um, you know, ritzy character. You're introducing the um, the superstar cowboy drunk who's going to be in the race. There's even a little Indian kid that's going to be uh, an assistant to Apare and Cosme. You know, they're, they're just oh, bringing in the, all the other aspects who... of, like, Western life. Uh, I, I, you know, is that the... That's the other character that looked like a woman, and then he opened his mouth and like, oh, another dude. Which one? Uh, Apari's uh, assistant. There is still. See, I should point out, like that, that. That was the weird thing. I guess they they figured uh, if they try to build up the race, it would bore people. So they actually start the opening of the first episode was the race. So you got a quick overview of everyone and all the vehicles. And then they backtracked to uh, this, how it all began. And right. that, that was like, ah, you tease. Yeah, but, but as for the little Indian child or Native American child, okay. um, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. Well, I know that uh, Perry had a... Is it the same character that was in the opening of the race in the first episode? Because remember... Uh, yeah, uh, it's Kasume, a little Indian kid oh, that helps before they drive off. Yes. Is it the same character? Yes. Okay, so I'm pretty sure it's a boy. Because he's sure? got it. Because he's got a deep voice. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything in anime. Uh, Especially if it's supposed to be a character that's androgynous, they'll go ahead and give like a lower female voice. And as of 
so that, far but it looked I've like seen, a very young child and it's like too deep to be a young uh female child i know but every time like kosame has approached him as like you know, you know a little boy shouldn't be doing this and it's like i'm not a boy now we don't know if that means i'm a girl or if that means i'm a man and they had to grow up quick i don't know which one it means it's creepy man it's like i don't know what to think of the character all i know is kids got a vendetta what's the kid the kid's name uh, the kid's name is uh, Hototo. Okay. Yeah, there is no information on that character yet. <laughs> like, right. I, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia page, and they only have enough information for the first for However, three characters so However, I should say that as far as the voice cast goes, Hototo is being voiced by a woman. Really? Yes. Well, again, now, it's it's a child, though. Exactly. And that's what a lot of female voice actors do. They'll usually voice the children because a guy's voice will be too low. But in- including male voices for exactly. Children. So like again, Goku is kind of woman. All right, it's not a big deal until we I'm... get like you know some sort of jump skip like ten years into the future after the race, and we see whether or not the uh, <laughs> Hojito has gotten his revenge or her revenge or its revenge. I don't know. By the way, I should point out because you know in today's environment, when I bring this up, it makes it sound like oh he's got something against it. I don't have anything against it. It just it took me by surprise. <laughs> it's like I'm totally cool with it. It's just like oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean that's always been something with like animation. It's like as far as like gender norms and uh, gender neutrality, they either go all the way in, like to the point of extremes or it is so subtle that you just have no idea and it doesn't matter because the the characterization of the character is more important than the gender well that's the other weird thing about this to me is again uh one part of it is japan is kind of like in that flux as well because they were a very private society and now they've opened up a little bit more Yes, and it, it, it makes around room, that time. It makes room for someone like a Perry who is like he's intrigued by this and he gets away from the norm of his culture. So, you know, when you first see the character and he's got the like the little bit of lipstick and he's got the pink hair, it's like, okay, that's that's cool. He's he's eccentric, he's out. But then he, they do a flashback of him in the first episode as well, and he still has the pink hair as like a little child. I'm like I don't know if he if he would have been able to get away with that back then, unless they're just saying like the character was just born with pink hair. Yeah, he's just always been different. Apparently, and so. they've never accepted him. But yeah, that's that's what I got. It's gonna be an interesting show. Uh, what do you know? What day uh, the new episodes come out? Um, as of right now, I've been seeing them on Saturdays. Uh, whether or not that's the uh, same day or next day on Hulu. Uh, but again, like I said, you can only watch the first three right now. Episode four and beyond have been postdated until later, I guess, because of all the things with the pandemic. So I don't know exactly when the release of the next one's going to be. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know if it, fo- it follows for America, but I am looking now at the production and release schedule and then showing it getting released on Fridays from what I'm seeing so far. So yeah, then Hulu would be getting it next day. Okay. So and if Funimation. you want to pay the money to buy that. and you want to see the day of, then go ahead and get your Funimation account. <laughs> if you're willing to wait the day and be patient and save some money like I do, you can go ahead and watch it on Saturdays. Yes. I didn't know. I didn't know. Also, <laughs> I know you didn't know and that makes by it the way, funnier. By the way, if you are a Harley Quinn fan and you didn't cancel your DC Universe account, don't. Because 
I, I not that not that I'm trying to segue away from the subject. Maybe a little. No, bit. no, no. But I, I get where you're going. Uh, so I accidentally canceled my account, which was five ninety nine a month, and I tr- I realized very quickly my mistake, and I tried to get it back, and it wouldn't let me renew, and I couldn't figure out why. It's because they raised the price of DC Universe. It is now seven ninety nine a month. So be careful of that you might they just be raised the price. Yeah, it's now seven ninety nine a month, which is weird because you know. HBO Max is about to come out. Again, we don't we I think we were talking and we we thought there's a possibility they might try to put some of the DC stuff on HBO Max. There's no weight to that rumor as of yet that I've heard of. But I mean, yes, I yes sir. I do have a rumor that could disrupt uh, disrupt that. Cuz okay. I'm guessing you probably haven't heard. But uh Harley Quinn the whole show is going to be put onto sci-fi as of May. What? Really? Yes. Go ahead and research it. I I was surprised by myself when I saw it, but I guess just because of how popular uh, Harley Quinn has been and whether or not there's been anything that they can uh, properly censor for that kind of a channel, they are going to be showing the series on sci-fi. Oh, that's that's very interesting. It is a really good show. I mean, I'm I'm I've already we already have two other episodes where I bragged about how great this show is. So I won't start here, but no, that's that's very interesting. So it will become the sci-fi. That, well, that's why I was kind of surprised that you didn't uh, say anything about it in regards to wanting to go back into it. Because if you're only going back into it for Harley, you really don't need to. And right now, there probably isn't too much else that's coming out that probably isn't going to be pushed elsewhere else. Right now, Harley is the only new thing they have on the, the, the DC Universe, correct? Uh, correct. But right. to be, be, in fairness, I don't, uh, I don't have cable. Uh, my family kind of has YouTube TV. I don't really watch it. So I don't even know if we have sci-fi as part of our package. So I really I don't have many options anyway. Yeah, it says here, uh, starting May 3rd, each season one episode will land in sweet multi-installment chunks at Sci-Fi every Sunday night. Yeah, you know what? You know, again, I, it's funny with this podcast, I'm almost learning as much as some of our viewers sometimes because you're passing on information I hadn't heard of. And the most interesting thing I've been finding in a lot of this, especially with HBO Max and Time Warner, Man, they're making so many deals with other companies because uh, they give Harley Quinn to Sci-Fi Channel. Essentially, Warner Brothers is allowing one of their shows to play on a Universal Channel because Sci-Fi is owned by NBC Universal. Right, but considering we also talked about the little deal that they had with Lego and that going over to Universal, this may have been part of that deal. Uh, very very true but i'm also um, like in other areas too i won't go into hbo max but i'm now seeing more commercials for that i for the longest time i was like D- disney plus is the one to go, that's going to go up against uh netflix now i'm like maybe hbo max is going to be them because hbo max is getting a lot of stuff and it's not all time warner stuff i'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of viacom stuff on there which is kind of weird yeah, I mean, going back to anime, I know at least Crunchyroll has an agreement with them. So, I mean, that's going to be one thing. And I Well, guess, remember, Crunchyroll is actually owned by uh, Warner Brothers. Right. And I guess also Rooster Teeth, all that other stuff that you get on Verve. So that's kind of like the counter-programming. If Disney decides to stick with their Hulu arrangement with Funimation. So you're going to have like these two big things competing against each other. 
And that's always been a weird, weird thing. Remember, uh, Verve, uh, Funimation was on uh, Verve, and then they separated because I believe Funimation is now owned by either Paramount or Sony. I can't remember. Or Cl- I know it's another big one, and now I am going to look it up, but I'm going to keep talking because I don't like dead air. Um, dead air, what's that? <laughs> dead air. So, uh, I, so I'm really excited about all this stuff, but yeah, Warner Brothers is weird. Warner Brothers, like, it, I was talking about this earlier with like all the stuff they own. I forgot that they actually, a few years ago, they started collecting all these other little things like Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth. Actually, Rooster Teeth is the combination of a ton of stuff. I, in fact, think Crunchyroll fun, falls under the Rooster Teeth brand. Right. But, well, that's how you got something like Verve, where it's like an all amalgamation, which also has uh, stuff from Cartoon Network, stuff from Nick Splat, you know. Right. I know. We're Now we're going off topic to what was originally planned. By the way, uh, to episode. answer your question, uh, Sony is majority owner with uh, yes. okay. 95% of the company. So that's uh, the... So I think like Sony and Time Warner don't want to agree on stuff. So unless Sony comes to some sort of agreement, you're probably not going to see a lot of Funimation stuff uh, in association with... Well, where where did you say that was going to go? Well, no, Funimation has to work with Hulu, which is a Disney oh, property. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, it is. Did so, Comcast... I mean, we talked about this on their... Epi- Studio Ghibli... You know, they have their anime side of the world. Wait, wait, wait. But we talked about this in another episode. Did Comcast actually sell its uh, stake in Hulu? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. no. Di- okay. Di- Disney is definitely Hulu owning. Uh, no, Hulu is definitely Disney owned. Too okay. many companies. Yes. Uh, They're yeah. slowly com- com- coming together, though, aren't they? And it's right. a scary but basically, thing. the big battle is between Disney and Warner Brothers. Yes. And then Viacom is kind of like, I don't know what Viacom is trying to do. They were trying to build up that CBS access brand, which by the way, uh, from my understanding is before that, uh, the uh, former CEO of, of uh, CBS got caught in uh, another case of, uh, say it. I'm trying to remember the word. Uh, me too. So yeah, he, he, he oh, got allegations. Key. Yes, allegations. But he did get, he ended up either stepping down or getting removed from the position. He was the big head honcho who was kind of keeping CBS and Viacom separate. And once he was removed, Viacom went all ours now. Yes, yes. So I, yes. So I don't know what's going to happen to CBS access, but Viacom otherwise is like just throwing their properties to everyone. So, like I said, uh, South Park is going to show up on HBO Max. Uh, Nickelodeon is putting a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix. If you are a big fan of Avatar and uh, you don't own the series on DVD, get a Netflix for the next month or so because all the episodes are there. It's, I, I don't know what Viacom's plan is. Are they just going to ride as a third party to all these other streaming networks? Look, it's like the Wild West, man. It's like whoever can shoot first shoots best. <laughs> I, You know what? I, I think... It was, I think it was the Wild West, and now things are starting to get civilized because we there was all these millions of streaming networks, and now it looks like the big boys are coming in, and they're start slowly gobbling people up. And eventually, I think it's going to come down to a few big three. It'll probably be... I don't know what Disney's plan is. I don't know why Disney owns multiple streaming networks. I think at some point, they're going to combine them. 
HBO is weird as hell. Like there are four different HBOs out there, I think. <laughs> like HBO Max, HBO Go, HBO On Demand, HBO Now. Like why are why do you have so many different services? But I think eventually it'll be HBO Max, it'll be Netflix, it'll be Disney Plus, and I don't know, and probably Amazon and Hulu. Well, because you have to no, you have to combine Disney Plus and Hulu to some extent. Yeah, that's like one entity. It's just there's the family friendly stuff and the not so family friendly stuff. And then your Crunchy Rolls and your Verve will probably be rolled into HBO Max at some point. Yeah, Verve's definitely going to have to go to the wayside because I don't know if their contract is going to allow them to be on two different streaming platforms. Verve is just weird because Verve was supposed to be uh, expanding Crunchyroll, I think. But once you lost Funimation, I think you lost a big chunk of your audience. The, the uh, thing is, Friend, Friend and Eater's not that good anymore. All sorts of things. They, they lost... Um, they lost that uh, Curiosity one, uh, which was like their uh, bio docs and their scientific uh, TV series. They lost Funimation. They lost Shudder, which was their horror stuff. Mm. Uh, they, they lost the Funimation, but they got High Dive, and High Dive really hasn't been able to come out with anything uh, yeah. unique. I'll be honest with you, as everyone's watching all these new animes, I actually did dump in, I did dry, ah, jive. I jived into high dive. <laughs> uh, Jive they, turkey. They they have some classic animes I never got into, and there was one uh, some friends introduced me to a few years back. I don't know if I'm boring any of our listeners with this. Uh, basically, though, if you've ever if you if you're looking for some classic animes that maybe from the 2000s you didn't get a hold of, check them out. They actually have some good ones on there. I won't bore yeah, you. Yeah, but they that. also have some of the more pervy and you know fan servicey kind of things too so i mean if you're that's a degenerate, also true. yes you need, you need high dive but if you're yeah, not degenerate a little bit <laughs> <laughs> look I, I like when, when i saw that high dive got added and i was scrolling through the the crunchy roll catalog of things and i saw the high dive catalog of things first of all the benefit of high dive is that you have like your dubs which i like dubs because i want to get into it but I see that a lot of the ones they have dubbed are usually the ones of a more um, scandalous nature. Like yeah. one, one I just watched because I thought it was interesting because it was a Mecca. Uh, Dai Shogun, which is basically about a guy who inherits um, a giant robot and is supposed to be the new Shogun in Nagasami. Nagasaki, sorry. Uh, but the thing is, he can only pilot the Mecca as long as he is a virgin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 17-year-old boy, prime of his youth, gets a big old robot, but has to stay a virgin. Getting a giant robot, Shinji. So this isn't the one where all the, uh, the warlords of Japan turn into women? Or is this that one? No, no, no. This is far from that. Okay. No, this is just uh, a bunch of different virgins uh, getting with this virgin and him breaking out in rashes and passing out because he has never known the touch of a woman. And yet he is still expected to combat evil with the robot. Uh, anime. Uh, you know what? When you do a deep dive in anime, you got to kind of watch where you land. Uh, well, that's why actually, it's called high dive because you got to be high to dive into it. I mean, uh, there was an anime I watched when it was actually still part of uh, Crunchyroll, and I guess now it's not. Now it's part of High Dive, but it fits into that uh, segment. Uh, it's called uh, Aoi Chan Can't Study. 
Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, one of those mini short uh, shows. And so it's like the episode's only like seven, eight minutes long or something. Yeah, but it, it is of a bit of a pervy nature. It's about a, a woman who her father is known for making pornographic stories and uh, <laughs> even named her into like some sort of pornographic name. I don't really know what the name means in Japan, but apparently it's considered a bit pervy. And it's her kind of fighting her feelings because she's been ignoring everyone for years, being a shut-in, and then finally meets some guy who she starts falling in love with, but she's kind of between this, I need him to go away so I can study and go to college, and et cetera. It's a, it's a weird, curvy love story, but it fits into that role. And because it's brand new, that is what High Dive has been advertising the most in, uh, on social media. Ao Chan can't study. Yeah, I, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, even Ao it means like oh, like orgasm. I think it means. Does it? Oh, so that's so. what it. Oh, okay. Now it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, orgasm can't study. That's what the show is essentially entitled. Uh, so yeah, so high dive is a little <laughs> weird. I mean, Lee. He, he, uh, a matter of fact, the anime I was watching is one from like 15 years ago. I remember uh, an old uh, group that I was a part of was watching. And I was like, "Ah, oh, let me catch up on this." It was called uh, "The Familiar Zero. and also, oh, that is such an awful one. Oh my god, that I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I'm, I'm familiar in. with the series, and I'm sorry that that bitch. Th- there's no <laughs> other way to describe her. She is a bitch. She is one of the most unlikable protagonists. In any magical girl anime, yet the yet the male character for some reason will follow her to the end. He even had a chance at the end of one season to go home, and he's like, "I'll stay behind for her." Why? In fact, it's there's because another- Stockholm syndrome. That's why it's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> there's another character who is really pawning for him and really loves him, and it's like I want to see those two to get together. Those are the more. But anyway, yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. The, the 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 guy in these things always picks the wrong girl. All right, we we've seen that. Anyone that's watched ReZero uh, can attest to this. By the way, I, I think I referenced ReZero in another uh, episode of ours, and then I realized I never watched ReZero, and I think I never watched it because I know how creepy and bad it is. But yeah, uh, Louise is a bitch. So yes. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay, and uh. We need to start wrapping up, but I will mention. I, I don't know if next time we'll talk about anime. I guess we. Sh- there was another anime that did come out that it has piqued my interest and it is on Crunchyroll. Uh, it's. Uh, it turns out I think the title, and I'm I'm not saying it exactly. It's something around the lines of, uh, it turns out I'm the villainess or something like that. Oh, oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. Hold on. Um, I will tell you the title in a second. Hold on. My next life as a villainess, all routes lead to doom. Yes. So in this one, it's about it. It is the one Ita guy of the season. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now here's where I gotta like preface things because does it count as an isekai if they're basically being transported into a game as opposed to an actual fantasy world? Uh, I don't think it. I think it counts. I think it's as long as you're taken from your world into another world. Okay. Okay. Fine. 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 If you if you want to go with that definition, because I figured once it got into like video game status, it was just like a video game anime as opposed to like an isekai. 
No, because again, it starts in the real world and then the, the woman moves into, uh, into the video game world. But it is kind of an interesting premise. And that's the only thing that's been keeping the Itsekai brand going has just been like everyone comes up with their, like everyone used to come out with a different version of Die Hard. Die Hard on a boat. Die Hard on a plane. Die Hard here. On a bus. Now it's like, what? Like, we're going to take a character and we're going to put him in this world, but is he going to be a really boring character? Is he going to be uh, a super geeky character? Is he going to be this? They, they always find a twist on it. And this is, a not, this is not as unique as some of the twists I've seen, but it's enough to go like, okay, so the character's been set up as a villain. She knows she's a villain. She knows something really bad's going to happen to her. And now she's going to do everything she can to prevent, uh, pre- from preventing anything bad in happening to her life. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's going to be on, it's on my list, but it does look. Oh no, I've list. been watching that one. So you, so what do you think of it? I think it's cute. I mean, the thing that you have to understand about isekais is that, you know, basically isekais and anime are like the comic book movies and cinema, you know, it's all pretty much the same kind of thing, but it's all the different tweaks and twists that go ahead and make things different. Here you have a woman who's brought into a game that she loved to play. She knows uh, all the different outcomes because she's played the protagonist and now she's playing the other side of the coin. And she doesn't want her new life to be doomed because she doesn't know if she's going back to her old life or not or if she's just dying. And in some cases, she has a pitiful life. In some cases, she actually dies. So she's doing everything from jump to try to subvert that especially when you first watch the series, she's brought in as a little girl. Now that doesn't, that's not where the game starts. So this is all like precursor to the actual game start. So in the real world, she's actually a child. And then once the game starts, she's like a full grown woman. Oh no, no, no. She's like a full grown adult. She's a full grown adult before she's transferred over into the world. Okay. But the thing is she's transferred over into the world. With no memory. And then some, and and there she has no memory, and then one day she realizes like what happened, right? It, it kind of uh, like comes he, to she her. She bangs her it's head. Like, or obviously, something like from that. ages one to six, this person has been like living their life, and then at age seven, oh wait, I I just I was a full grown woman. I was an otaku. What the hell is it going on here? Which is another anime that came out recently that's very similar to that. So I think that's the new thing too now where they're just like, we'll start you from day one and then one day you get your memories back like, oh. Yeah, you, you, oh, you, no. you grow up <laughs> learning everything, but you're still like a grown adult in a kid's body. Because there's also the other one where it's like, um, uh, I'm the eighth son, are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. Or the, are the, the one where it's like, I asked you to make me normal in my next life, which was... Yes, no, that I, one I asked you to make me average. And it's like, well, average compared to gods? No, no, humans, humans, damn it. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone gets OP'd either through knowledge or through superpower. It's yes. like no one ever just goes into another world completely normal. The only one that yes. probably came close. Konosuba. Yeah, that was definitely it. He was like the most normal out of everybody. And yeah. he just lucked out that he was like, Okay, the one thing I get to take with me, you, the goddess. Yeah. The worthless I, goddess. I feel like uh, Sword Art Online is what started the whole genre uh, of being so popular, but I feel Konosuba is the one that's kept it going because once people saw what you could do with Konosuba, everyone tried to do Konosuba. They was like, oh, well, this type of uh, Itsekai and this type of Itsekai. 
Just because, yeah, like, it's a matter of whether or not you want to stay serious with it or if you want to go comedic with it. And I think probably mm-hmm. the more popular ones are the ones that have really leaned into the comedy because then all the serious ones kind of blend together unless you do something completely wild like the rising of the shield hero where you know the main protagonist gets accused of rape and is shunned by the entire (laughs) countryside and i hate to say that that's not the most awkward one in there uh no it's not but i mean it certainly raised a few eyebrows i definitely liked that show but you know it, it started to get a little dull as it went along like it had the very interesting plot points in the first two to three episodes and then it kind of became a regular Itsekai after that. Like even by the end of the series, it's like, oh, so he was not a rapist. No, well, no, yeah, he wasn't. of course he wasn't. <laughs> but boy, is he salty through the whole series. I love well, that amount of salt. Well, that well, because he came into this new world he didn't want to go into. He knew nothing about what he was getting into. Everyone hated him. Then he was accused of rape and thrown out and had to survive on his own. Yeah, he got a little salty. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's what I want to see. I don't want someone to be like, oh, wow, I'm in a fantasy world. All my hopes and dreams and expectations can be realized. I'll be like, fuck this place, man. Fuck you. Fuck her. Fuck him. Fuck the chicken. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, there are some good ones out there. I like Overlord, too, which is he. Uh, the character does go into the world very OP, but as opposed to being the good guy who saves everyone, he starts off as the villain and he's there to dominate the entire world. Right. But um, obviously he's not trying to do that at first. He's just getting his ground stabilized. He's trying to figure out things. It's more investigative. And yes, he's a bit of an anti-hero. That's why so many people turned on overlord in season three, because when he went full villain, people oh, were yeah. like, Oh, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. When he, yeah, I won't spoil it for anyone, but there was one episode. It's like, because they made you feel for the people he went after. I'm like, oh, but I don't want them to die. Oh, don't worry. They're not going to die. We're going to torture the hell out of them. Oh, that's even worse. Well, I mean, some of the people that got tortured kind of deserved it. I mean, I remember, though, no, there's the one scene where the guy is just enveloped completely by cockroaches. Mm-hmm. No, that dude deserved it. Yeah, a lot of them deserved it, but like they're the these were like adventurers. They're meant to like explore stuff, and I, I, again, yeah, no, they, they got the short staff. Of the day, yeah, obviously, they, even like the one person, like we're going to give him mercy. All right, now go kill him. But you say you're going to give mercy. Yeah, death is going to be mercy compared to what we're going to do to you. Right. Oh, <laughs> like the only redeeming factor is if they do make like a season four of Overlord. If they go ahead and make him realize what he is doing. Like oh, he's no. got a little drunk with power and he's like, let me try to backtrack this a little. Well, they, they explain why he's doing it. He's, he's not that he's drunk with power. It's that he's trying to co- prevent his lords from turning on him. He feels like if he doesn't show that dominance, they're going to go after him. So he's Yeah, but that's always keep... like the first sign of villainy when you're you know, paranoid to the point that you're doing horrible things for your own protection rather well, than trying to find another way out. So... There, that, well, and he's kind of stuck there. So he's, he's like, he's investigating. He's trying to get his name out there so that he can find a way out. But till then, he has to kind of be in a bit of a survival mode to a degree. And it, okay, but I there's think, a way to do it where you don't need giant goat demons just killing everybody. But you know what? It does kind of reflect our world too because like every leader in this world is very villainous. And it's like, you are literally picking the lesser of, uh, multiple evils 
Okay, well, until Ein's Al Ghul does a spell where everyone just gets disinfectant, put into their bodies, and <laughs> dies from the poisoning, I'll then I'll be like, he's going a little far. That'll be season four. Anyway, yes. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are coming near the end of our episode here. Uh, we, again, thank you uh, again for joining us like we do every week. We will have a new episode for you following week. And again, check out our YouTube. We're going to change the format a little bit, though. Uh, whereas we used to release both the full episode on audio and video starting now, we're going to try to actually clip up the YouTube and keep the audio uh, whole. If you guys though, I, I will put the question out there. If you guys do want to have the full video release still uh, reach out to us, messages us on Facebook, on Twitter, and, and we'll continue. But for now we just, we figure maybe this is something you guys might enjoy a little more. Some more just changing our format. Right. You're still getting all the content. It's just in bite-sized pieces. Yes. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was Video Geek JT. God damn it. I screwed up my own name again at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be a whole clip in itself. Just JT getting his name. <sighs> let's see how many episodes i do this if i do this by the 50th episode if we make it to 50 episodes i'll just like i'll put a, a consolation uh consolation i will learn to speak english at one point for this show me, me speak uh, human good <laughs> you can catch me on social media i am video geek jt on instagram VidGeekJT on twitter and you can uh, find all my stuff on videogeekjt.com and as for Ryan, you can find him at Real Ordeal. Uh, Real, did I? Uh, Real Ordeal on Twitter and Instagram, and also on Facebook. Also, you can look up uh, Real Ordeal Entertainment. Did yeah, I miss anything? That, yeah, that, that that works. That works. That's fine. You are accurate. Yay! I I are smart for once. Uh, yes, you are so smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R T. <laughs> With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you all adieu. Bye-bye. Stay safe as always.